Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. We're doing a show, full card analysis of Horseshoe Indy, the racetrack formerly known as Indiana Grand, Indiana Downs, whatever else it may have been called throughout the years. This is the track that's going to be the subject of today's Horse Player Happy Hour game. I know that lots of folks aren't as familiar, so we thought we'd do a show. And to do the show, what better than uh, somebody who's a respected member of the ITM family, who Horseshoe Indy is also his home track. That's Blake Jesse. Blake, how are things? Uh, they're going great here. We got a little bit of an overcast day here in Indy, but um, it appears that the uh, precipitation is going to stay away. And uh, it's going to be a dry day, a little bit cooler than what we've had the last few days, high of 88. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. And I'll, want, I'll tell everybody listening, go to horseplayers.com. It's the top game right now. Horseplayers happy hour. We're starting at uh, the entries close at 210 today. Races one through eight from Horseshoe Indy. And you've probably heard the spiel before, so I'll keep it tight. But this $20, the house cut goes to Thoroughbred Aftercare and by even playing in one game, you're eligible to win uh, the one of the two BCBC seats that are added to this prize pool. Because if you finish in the top two, you basically get into a private 80-player tournament at the end of the year with a BCBC seat. And then, of course, if you participate weekly, uh, your best eight scores throughout the year, they're used to, to the, the overall tour winner will win another BCBC seat. Or this $20 game itself is just a feeder into Saturday. So three ways to get the BCBC seat with 20000 added to the prize pool. As player-friendly an initiative as there is out there. Blake, I hope we'll be seeing your name on the leaderboard today. Oh, I sure hope so. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to win a BCBC seat. So uh, uh, clue me in on that for sure. So we're doing this a little differently. Usually when you have we have you on, you're very much known as, I think of you anyway, as a live bank player, as a horizontal exotics player. With the $2 win place format that we're using for this game, it's a little bit different. How do you, What's your general approach to the mythical $2 win place and how will that tie in to uh, the selections you're going to give us on today's show? Yeah, um, it, it's kind of a, um, uh, a two-edged sword here. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, the first thing you need is winners. Um, and the second thing you're going to need is, you know, something with some value, some price so that, uh, when you are correct, uh, your name's, uh, high enough, uh, high enough up that leaderboard to, uh, to, to make it matter at the end. So, uh, what you're going to see is, um, you know, horses that, uh, may not have the best chance of winning, but, uh, Given the value and the price that uh, I think we're going to get, uh, sometimes you got to take a shot uh, you know, on a horse that uh, doesn't, uh, you know, perceive to have the best chance on paper, but uh, you know is going to give you the um, best value uh, for the situation. So that's probably what you're going to see today. All right. Well, and we're going to have you give out selections in each race. And then based on, you'll only get a sense of what the prices are going to be in the first and second leg through the double. From there, folks are going to have to sort of go by feel and either agree with the morning line and say, okay, yeah, that's the horse I think is going to be the most value or just uh, pick the one you like best. But let's kick it off with this first race. We've got these $12,000 claimers, Phillies and Mares going five and a half on the dirt. Who do you see using in the contest from this far out? knowing, of course, that could change when you see the prices on the board. Yeah, you know, just from a, uh, you know, uh, the pace situation here, uh, you got the rail horse, Could You, who um, has done, you know, most of its best running, uh, you know, laying close to lead, being on the lead. And you have the morning line favorite, the three, Vartan, who has done all his, uh, you know, pardon me, she's done all her best running 
um, while being on the lead. So, you know, you feel like there's a possibility for a hot pace to heat up here. Um, you know, you also have um, Lady Atlantic shipping in here for uh, Scott Mullins from Hawthorne, who's going for three in a row. So, um, you know, there's there's quite a few uh, horses that have chances in here. Um, you know, I landed on could you. I just felt like that uh, the turf race, uh, you know, coming off the layoff for uh, Ingrid, you know, just kind of put a line through that race. And we're getting back to uh, the surface. She's done all her best work on. So uh, I went with could you as a top selection in here. The other horse that, you know, gives me a little bit of intrigue, um, you know, is Lady Atlantic, the five. Um, she's kind of, you know, improving. She's going to have to probably step it up a little bit to uh, compete with the likes of the one and three, but um, may offer, you know, better value. So um, I'm looking at one and five in here. All right. We'll kick it off with the one and the five. Of course, folks, and I'm sure you will be among this number, will be betting cash along the way today. That's sometimes one of the fun things about the with these games, whether it's horse players happy hour or, or something else. You have an opportunity to handicap to, for the contest and you know you're getting the value participating slay you want. And then, hey, you see something surprising. Even if it's a pick and pray contest, you're locked into one horse. You see a surprising price from another. You get involved right at the windows, which I expect will be Pete, that's fun. a great point. Um, you know, we've done the work. We've looked at all the races, so why not take advantage of it if you see something that uh, you know piques your interest? Race number two, we've got Nickel Claimers going a mile and 70 on the dirt field of seven going postward. We've got a two-to-one favorite on the outside here. Um, are you are you with Ron the limo driver or are you going in a different direction? I am anti-Ronnie the limo driver. Um, you know, he's just a plotter that, um, you know, just figures to never really get there. Um I'm looking at Barstow, the five, uh, you know, been running against tougher at Churchill, uh, is dropping in half from what they claimed him to back in these connections, Gennaro Garcia and Southwest racing. They win a lot of races at Indiana grand. So I'm going to, um, go with Barstow's top selection in here. The other horse that gives me some interest in here is the three, Mr. Peterkin. Uh, the last three races have been on turf and, you know, obviously, you know, done just fine but the maiden breaker was over the dirt at fairgrounds and swooped the field and won by four so um you know shows up with a similar race like that uh, you know mr peterkin could offer some value in here so looking at five and three in here all right um let's make the notes of that we'll send those out to our plus people uh, in the money podcast.com slash plus if you're interested in the extra content and digest the picks you get with that We'll move to the third. Maiden claimers at the $12,000 level, mile 70 once again, and a field of eight going postward. Uh, again, looking at the morning line anyway, looks like a, a fairly competitive heat outside of a couple of runners. Where are you going to go? Yeah, I'm not going to really uh, try to reinvent the wheel here. Um, the two, Jack Spring Break, uh, recently claimed by David Reed. Um, worth mentioning, David Reed actually popped with a uh, price yesterday, 15 to 1 shot, um, I believe in race three. And um, he's shipping another one in here from Hawthorne and um, looks to be, uh, you know, on paper, this one's just got better figures, um, you know, figures to get a good trip. So uh, the two Jack spring break, uh, pretty strong on this one. All right. Good stuff of confident selection in race number three with Jack's spring break. The fourth race, we've got two-year-olds. Now, always a little tricky with the two-year-old sequence uh, in the midst of a pick and pray. But we do have some form on offer here as we've got uh, four of them who haven't run and, and four who have. Which group of horses are you more interested in, the debutantes or the ones with a little bit of form? 
I'm a little bit of mix and match in here, Pete. And you say, you know, two-year-olds in the middle of the uh, uh, contest here. And, you know, that does kind of throw a wrench in things. But um, to make matters worse, you know, they're Indiana breads. You know, these are <clears throat> animals that, um, you know, are tough to get a gauge on sometimes. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough uh, a little paramutual puzzle to figure out here. So, um <laughs> I've ultimately landed on the morning line favorite, the four Aaron's conquest for John Ortiz. Uh, you know, this one, uh, you know, been working down at Churchill and Ellis and, um, you know, it just feels like this one's got a little bit more, um, quality to it. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Aaron's conquest as a top selection in here. Uh, the other two that, you know, uh, make the most sense are the two that have run and shown a little bit, Sir Ronaldo, the six. Um, you know, Sir Ronaldo makes a lot of sense, uh, you know, getting the blinkers on today, showed a little speed in that first start. So, you know, if the blinkers, uh, you know, help uh, get this one focused a little more, I can see Sir Ronaldo uh, getting the candy in here. And the other one that makes sense is the seven conquered, uh, just shown some speed going four and a half. So, you know, that's always uh, something that can be useful. And, uh, you know, the one thing that, uh, you know, he's got going for him is he did have the open company start, uh, you know, so he did see some tougher horses in that first start. So, um, you know, something to think about, uh, four, six and seven. I like that yeah. angle. Yeah. I like that angle. The, the, the sort of can be a subtle drop that means a lot going from open to restricted company. We'll kick off our analysis of the back half of this contest card with race five maiden claimers once again. Indiana Breads, mile 70 this time, field of eight. Who is going to win? Yeah, um, I, I'm going with a little bit of value here. Um, the number seven, Zolo, um, you know, debuted going six furlongs in maiden special weight company, drew the rail that day. The rail wasn't anywhere you'd want to be that day, but uh, nonetheless, drew the rail, uh, you know, split the field, finished fourth of nine, didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion, for a debut. Um, the, uh, first, second and third place finishers from that race have all come back to break their maidens, uh, and win their next race. So, uh, Zolo's just got a lot of things pointing in his direction. Uh, going to be a strong opinion for me on the day. Um, I get it. Pick four I get stars. It. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be a big, uh, big opinion for me. A hinge. Yeah. This is interesting because. It, it, the race rating, just an incredible difference between that three-year-old protected. Timeform US has that as an 89, and this one dropping all the way down to a 69 for the maiden claiming $12,000 level. And obviously a good race with that form working out against better. And I think you make a, a really good point, too. It, the running line doesn't look like much, and I could see somebody being tempted to say, oh, the horse did no running. But when you factor in that we're dealing with a horse that was 14 to 1, not much expected, and at least ends up uh, splitting that field, finishing fourth of nine in a race with good form. Yeah, they, that, that's a really nice looking form line for me. And, and this is one that I wouldn't be surprised if it gets bet down a little bit in the in the win market. So I might be tempted to try to get alive to this horse as the pay leg of a pick three, maybe try to preserve a little bit of value in the blind pool. Cause I absolutely Very love the case you made on, on Zolo right there, Blake. Let's talk about the sixth race allowance uh, company this time around for these Indiana breads going six furlongs on the dirt. One thing that uh, just jumps right off the page to me is the time form pace projector having Cap de Fuego, the eight runner 
um, looking pretty loose at a, a pretty solid five to one morning line. The way this card is is shaking out, do you, do you think Cap De Fuego has a shot? Who's your selection? In here? Um, I don't want to say Cap De Fuego doesn't have a shot because he certainly does. Um, you know, he's a pace player, and um, you know, you you just never know what uh, happens behind a runner that gets to the lead. So um, definitely a chance. But I did land uh, ultimately on number two, Jova Hova. Um, however you would like to pronounce that. Uh, Kim Hammond claims this went off Marvin Johnson. And, uh, you know, if, if it can just repeat anything close to that last race, uh, I just feel like Jove is going to be very tough to beat in here. Another one that uh, gives me a little bit of intrigue is the, <clears throat> pardon me, is the five little Kansas. Um, you know, it's been running in the optional 35 2X condition um, against open. Now we're, you know, dropping in with uh, Indiana breads. So, uh, you know, that one just looks like it could go forward in here. So two and five is what I'm looking at. Race number seven. We're on the turf for these $20,000 claimers. Three and up fillies and mares going one mile. What do you think? Who will you be playing in the contest? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, what I think will be a little bit of value in here, and that's the one April's gym. Um, I've mentioned this earlier in the pod, uh, you know, trainer David Reed shipped one in yesterday from Hawthorne and popped with a 15 to one shot. And I don't think we're going to be 15 to one with April's gym, but, uh, I do think we'll be somewhere around the four to one range. And, uh, I think that will help, you know, pad the bankroll in a situation like this. Uh, the only other runner that, uh, you know, gives me intrigue in here. Uh, I'm, I'm not real enthused about the favorite Judy's way, but, um, the six Queens Bridget, uh, not really been a, um, you know, an, an ideal two turn horse, but uh, with the right circumstances can still get it done. So um, I'll be looking at, uh, the, you know, the six queen Bridget um, as well. But for me, April's gym, the one uh, is uh, where the bulk of my money is going to go. Eight to one on the morning line. Definitely one that could shake things up in the contest for sure. Which brings us to the final race of the contest where we've got these three and up Indiana bred maiden special weights going a mile 70 field of nine. Once again, how are we going to get this contest a win home here in the last? Yeah. So, you know, this is a very competitive, uh, you know, state bred maiden special weight. But with that being said, I am totally against the morning line favorite, uh, number three, motion to adjourn. Um, you know, best race at, on paper uh, on dirt was uh, against uh, Maiden Claimers. Uh, we're going against Maiden Specials here. So really hasn't been able to replicate that form against Maiden Special. So I'm against that one. Uh, the one that I've landed on here ultimately is the five hitch pin for Randy Klopp. And, you know, we're stretching out to uh, two turns here, and this one's had back-to-back sprints. And if you look at the running lines, you know, sixth uh, in that last race, you know, pops the gate first quarter, sixth, uh, three and three quarters behind. The half, sixth, three and a half lengths behind. Uh, At the three quarters, sixth, two and a quarter lengths behind. And at the finish, he's fifth, two and a half lengths behind. Very even uh, running line. And I figure, you know, got a horse stretching out here. So he just really fits the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, the profile of a horse that uh, is going to appreciate the stretch out. So, uh, number five hitch pin, strong opinion to close things out in here. The, uh, other horse that gives me some interest is the two Rookwood, um, you know, getting on back on dirt here and stretching out has early speed and they're taking the blinkers off. So if this one decides to, uh, pop the gate and relax today, it could be tough as well. So, uh, five and two, uh, is what I'm looking at here. 
Great stuff. Really appreciate these thoughts. And obviously, you've got the good local institutional knowledge and some some nice ideas on horses that could really make the difference in this contest. We encourage folks to watch along. Matt Bernier and I, from 4 to 5, we'll be doing a live stream covering the races that fit in that time window, also previewing Belmont at the weekend. If you like this type of show, you really should be checking out In the Money Plus. This is essentially an In the Money Plus free preview. Uh, Blake and I do a lot of shows looking at various carryovers from coast to coast, often, you know, sometimes on a Monday or a Tuesday. It's not all not all the weekend stuff for the for, you know, the more hardcore you are, the more you're going to appreciate in the money plus and Blake, a regular contributor on uh, that side of things as well. So in the money slash plus to check that out. We look forward to seeing you over there. We look forward to seeing your name on the leaderboard in this game today. Horseplayers.com, Horseplayer Happy Hour, $20 to play, supports aftercare, and the best deal going for horse players with 20000 added to the pot in the form of these two BCBC seats. We'll see, Blake. It would be karmic justice if you can get the job done today and win this tournament outright. Amen to that. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you one more time. We'll thank our friends at the Breeders' Cup, horseplayers.com. Hey, even Horseshoe Indy. They're not uh, sp- sponsors or partners, but it's nice sometimes to just uh, dole out some some random uh, mid-major uh, type uh, track love. So we're happy to do that as well. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Cotney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kitchen. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. <laughs>